Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. A gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion, or it'll be killed. Every morning, a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle. (laughs) (laughs) I like this wisdom voice that you've got suddenly. Or it'll starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you'd better be running. But let's face it, it's better if you're a lion. (laughs) That last part was added by Pete. (laughs) Well, because it's an anonymous quote, and I figured if I added my own little tagline to it, it's now mine. It is yours. It's totally yours now. I own this. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like you just peed on it. You marked that territory. (laughs) Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. And Peyton Jones. <laughs> Nigel, is that you? <laughs> this is Pete Mitchell. This is Nigel calling for Pete Mitchell. Pete, it's Nigel. Please call me back. It's important that I speak with you, Pete. All I know is if people don't listen to the very last second of our podcast, they miss out on some of the funniest sound clips. It, it is true. It's like after the last commercial and our little ditty, there's usually, it's kind of like the end of a Marvel film, right? We've got Ooh. a little Easter egg hidden I, in there. I you know like I mean? it. Because I got guys like, uh, uh-oh, please check on Mac at about 2.30, leaving now to take look to the doctor. <laughs> All right. So apparently I need to take care of my kids at some so, point. From from where I'm sitting, I could see your wife like kind of hover in the background, and she's like, mm, 
No, he's having an important fo- – oh, it's just Peyton. All right. And so then she texts you. you know. <laughs> should, should we actually give props to our sponsor? Oh, yes. Who is sponsoring this podcast? This fine podcast. Welcome. You are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by mm, Portable Church Industries. You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. But other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And that time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next six to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at portablechurch.com. I'm a Methodist. We believe that the Lord is our Savior, and we remember Him by going to church and praising Him every Sunday. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. We believe all the same things that you believe, but we go to church on Saturdays. What? (laughs) (laughs) And by now, if you're new, you've switched this podcast off. But I have to say, that is the funniest thing I've heard along. And it's brought to you by our sponsor, Mm, portable church portablechurch.com is it are you sure <laughs> um no it's not oh yeah it is sorry it is <laughs> it's actually a dot net no sorry it's, why it's do we portable. do this someone actually agrees to sponsor our podcast and you and i go out of our way to ruin them on the podcast hey it it's better because it okay so like we got the recorded one we're doing now we can't help ourselves, right? Well, like, we don't have your regal one recorded. Yeah, we're going to mark this territory. We're going to pee on our sponsor's commercial <laughs> every time in a good way, like a dog does. We mean that with love. It means it's mine, and I like this. Oh, that's how we And it's not things. yours. Don't touch it. Except in this case, please go to the website and check out portablechurch.com. Like I said in my recording, I had no script for that, by the way. That was from my heart. I'm just saying. <laughs> If you are wondering what in the world you're listening to, this is the Church Punter Podcast where Peyton Jones and I do a little bit of something we like to call smack talk. And we do it at the beginning because, well, it's fun for us. It's pretty much the only reason we do it. We don't do this to help you as a church planner. We do it to help us. And then after that, we help you. Yeah. Well, what is today's topic? Because I know we tend to do with gazelles and lions. Oh, that's right. You got to be running. Or was it the uh, the Ministry Voxer group? Was it that topic? Well, basically, we we had a, a call this week, and and I told the guys in the Bible Inner Circle that we would talk about this this week, and it, it's basically this. Um, one of our Bible guys was like, "Hey, man, I, you know, motivation. Like, 
there are times, and, and he speaks for, you know, every church planner, I think, where there's just certain times where you don't have the motivation. And there's things you have to do. Like, like it's got to get done. And where do you find your motivation? I started to answer on in, into the group and I, and I just sighed in the middle of my response and just said, look, this is a big topic and it's kind of weighty. It's kind of meaty. And rather than me giving like a big long boxer thing where I've got a, like this topic is big. How do you motivate? How do I personally motivate myself? How do I do the things that I got to do? How do you Pete? And I mean, both of us, we, we get a lot of stuff done, but how do we, <laughs> if I do say so myself, but, but how do you do all that and, and stay motivated and keep working? I know, I know it's not time for the actual topic. I know we're in smack talk. So this is an appropriate smack talk transition. When I was at college, one of my, uh, one of my good friends was the, the resident director. Now at Biola, which is where I went, the resident director already has a master's degree. So it's not like he's a college student and I was on the RA staff. So I was an RA. We'd have weekly meetings and he was like you. He was like one of these deep thinkers, you know, let's, let's really massage these ideas out, right? Clearly not Pete Mitchell. <laughs> no one has ever uh-huh. accused me of being a deep thinker. So he goes, well, Pete, what about you? Why do you get up in the morning? And I was just honest. I said, it's usually because I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) That's the whole reason I get up in the morning. I'm just being honest. That is so rad. I'm just being Pete. So uh, what what do you do with that? You kind of blew his deal, though. He actually started laughing pretty hard. And uh, then he was like, hey, we need to uh, take that. And, um, he started a, a little book where it was like the best quotes that people said in his, his, uh, little dormitory, whatever you want to call it, his, his room thingy, his front room, living room, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, uh, I started that. I started that with that little, not quite, not quite good enough to be a coffee table book, but maybe an in table book. Is that what you're telling me he made? No, it was just his own little, uh, you know, little quote book from, from uh, you know what people said there in his his place, no one no one out topped me. That's all I'm saying. I I did have the best quotes. So I saw this thing on on Facebook this week where it was um, uh, I think it was called Philosophy, and some see, character for some show. Huh? Did you see the new Star Wars trailer? What? 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 So I, there's a new Star Wars trailer this out, week. Came out yesterday or the day before. But they said the last one was going to be the last oh, one. Dude, no. Oh, yeah, I, I need to watch it. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, can we hold on for a second? This week's we episode of the Church Planner Podcast is being brought to you by Star Wars. <laughs> we, you got to hit pause. I got to watch this. I, I then we need to talk you, about it. I can't believe you didn't see it. Dude, hold on. I'm looking at it now. You got to hit pause. Gotta pause, pause Is there it. a way that I can put it into the uh hold on, I gotta see if there's a way I can play it. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I'm typing like the wrong things. YouTube. No, 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 Star Wars trailer. Like my my brain is freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is just not like The Last Jedi trailer, but how do I know if it's the right one? Darkness rises in the latest teaser? Um, that might be it. 
That yeah, might be it. six hours ago. The Verge. It has on. a scene that will tug at fans' heartstrings. That one. Yeah, it was written on November first. It's got to be the one. All right, all right, all right. I gotta oh, hold well, on. How do I? I want to play this. <coughs> don't talk. Hold, hold. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't play it. Don't play it. Don't play it. Don't. Play it. don't. Oh. All right. Well, I don't know how to play it. <sighs> Our podcast could have been great. So I just watched it, and it was it was pretty good. Pretty I gotta good. Say. Oh come it was on, pretty man. Good. I think it's I think it's for shizzle. What? Okay, so what? For, what sizzled your shizzle, Manizzle? Uh, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker on the Millennium Falcon, Luke Skywalker like being afraid. I I mean, I'm in yeah, heaven. like when he's down on the ground. Yeah, I'm in heaven. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So here's I'm always torn. It's like you're showing me, but I'm not sure I want to see that. Like I kind of wanted to see that moment on the millennium Falcon, like in real time. What do you mean in real time? Well, you know, like when I'm watching the movie, the mood, like, do you think they're going to move kind of build the same mood that they had in blade runner where it's all slow and contemplative. And then they go, in the middle of it, you know, and you're like, what in the heck? Deckard is happened? not a replicant. <laughs> Deckard is a replicant. He's I'm not just a saying, replicant. everybody, everybody knows us. The only person who hasn't seemed to figure it out is you. Oh, my brother, my brother, listen, this is the age old debate. And it's true. It's true. I so I wanted to um, tell you that uh, that Star Wars trailer was pretty cool. Um, I give it about a six or seven out of ten. I can't believe I saw it before you. How's that even I, possible? I, I don't know. I, I checked my Geeks of Doom this morning, and they let me down. They they didn't have it on there. They're probably like, eh, everyone already saw it. I suppose, but you know, I don't have TV. Like, is it one of the things where like you're watching your show and they're like, hey, you know, uh, I TV do people, think- uh, we're gonna show a trailer this week. Make sure you're watching your show. Show yeah. can our trailer. I don't know. Didn't one of them come out during the World Series? You know, this <laughs> is the funniest thing. <laughs> I just remembered it. You, uh, you, you actually, um, what were you gonna say? Did you forget it? I did. Here's what I was going to say. You were talking with some pastors who were in town, and they're like, uh, we're going to go see the World Series tonight. And you go, okay, guys, this is going to show you how bad it is for me. Uh, the World Series of what? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I loved it. Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I didn't know. And you were the same, right? You didn't know what what was going on. I knew the World Series was going on, but I'm I thinking was to myself, "Hey, it. yeah." But I'm thinking this is autumn. Like baseball happens in the spring. Like what's going on? It's the World Series, so it happens in the autumn. Do you mean to tell me like baseball has kind of like been going on since the spring all the way till now? I, I'm I don't know for sure because I don't watch baseball, and that makes it even more boring. You know, baseball people, you have a boring sport, and it and it goes on too long. Come on, football's like, hey, a couple months, you know, we'll do this thing, and then, boom, it's like we're done. You know, happy Super Bowl, everybody. Baseball, are you serious? It's like the season drags on just like a game does. 
Yeah. So the uh, the pastor of my church, I was like, hey, uh, you want to go to pizza tonight? This is for Wednesday night, game seven, because uh, we take our, our kids to the, the big church and <laughs> drop them off. And so I, I'm like, dude, that's like the perfect thing. I can go drop my son off at church. I can head on over to the pizza place and grab a pizza and a beer. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. So I was like, hey, you want to go grab a pizza? And he goes, oh, no, I'm going to go watch the uh, the uh, World Series tonight. I go, what's the weird World Series? He goes, you know, the Dodgers. I go, I don't know about this Dodger and World Series thing. Sounds fake. <laughs> and then I was a little bit disappointed because I realized no matter where I go tonight, especially if I'm going to a pizza and pub place, it's going to be packed with people. And you know my general feeling about people. They're not high on my list. I'm just saying. I was a little bit disappointed. I, I'm only muting. I would normally, you know, give quippy quip or a quotey quote right then, but my train was going by, so I had to, you know, or tweety tweet. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you're the gazelle. Sometimes you're the lion. Yeah, yeah. My, my train was going by. I was being considerate for our listeners, but of course, in muting myself, they missed out on the brilliant thing I would have normally said. It wasn't going to be that brilliant. No. So, what happened new for you this uh, Halloween? Well, it was rad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry to cough. <clears throat> my daughter, uh, my oldest, decided she wanted to be Ray. So last year, I forgot about this. She was Batgirl. So I'm doing something right, man. She was Ray this year. And she tells me next year she's going to be Harley Quinn. Uh, I, I'm like, where did you get this from? Like, I didn't take you to see Suicide Squad. I'm a responsible parent. But we do watch the Batman cartoon. But anyway, she was Ray. My wife goes, what do you want me to be? And I go, I don't know. It's got to be something Star Wars. And she goes, Lady Boba Fett? And then so it turns out she went Lady Stormtrooper, which was pretty dang cool. And uh, then, of course, I was Kylo Ren because we did a, a series of films. I think I, took, I said all this last last year. But um, anyways, it was it was your other daughter. Rad, what yeah. was your other daughter? So she represented the Rebel Alliance. She was um, Peppa Pig, Princess Fairy Peppa Pig. So she rebelled against all of us. She's four. She's a preemie. She really did. Yeah, she's like, hey, forget you guys, man. She she says, oh, and what was so funny, dude, is I put my costume on, and I came out of the room, and she freaked. I mean, screaming, tears, ah! You know, just abject terror. Like you I know, what you should like have said little... to her. You know, what you should have said to her, hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I, you know what I, I did as I go. No joke. This didn't help. In my deepest voice, I go, "I am your father," like that, and she, you know, just made it worse. I don't think she could even hear words at that point. Like. I've never seen a kid so freaked out in all my life. That's so. hilarious. But nothing really fun or exciting or whatever happened when I was trick-or-treating. It was just, you know, we hit the, the the large candy bar house. That was cool. Got one of those. But I got a lot of candy. People feel sorry for you when you're a parent and you're trick-or-treating. Because I just ask. I'm like, hey, does, you know, they, they're like, take two, sweetie. Take three. Oh, we got too much oh, chocolate. I'm like, can I have some then? And they're like. Oh, yeah, sure. So I was making out like a bandit. Luke would actually go up and ask, can I get one for my dad? Can I get one for my mom? 
Oh, dude. Yep. And what did they say? Yes? Of course. No. You're not going to tell Luke no? Come on. Look at that kid. No. He's the happiest kid there is. Oh, dude. Are you going to tell him about the picture you sent me with Luke <laughs> and his costume? I don't remember what the picture Grinning was. Grinning ear to ear, man, in his X-Wing pilot oh. uh, Poe Dameron costume. And he was by far the coolest looking kid there. All the other costumes were lame. Let's be honest. He said there was only one other Poe Dameron. And I actually figured there was going to be a lot of them. I thought that was going to be a popular costume. Such a rad costume. And he goes, but I was the I only one, one that had the helmet. He didn't have the helmet, Dad. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, if I if I go into like Walmart or Target and I get like the 12, 13 year old size one, I could, I could just about fit in that one. I uh, got my wife to ride a T Rex. You saw that, that one, right? Hey, that's that's quite an accomplishment, dude. That's I I could not believe. She goes, "Do you really want me to wear the T Rex costume?" I'm like, "Yes, please, yes, yes." Can you believe it? That's pretty cool, dude. So both she and I were riding T-Rexes. We wow. had people taking pictures of us in the neighborhood. It was great. <laughs> and then I did the profile of my shadow on the ground, and I sent you the picture. I go, look, I'm riding a Tauntaun. <laughs> now, if you had had it, have you seen that film of the little kid riding that same kind of concept, but they made a homemade Tauntaun? No. And the kids riding it around. It looks so rad, dude. I'll send it to you. Did you see in um in New York someone someone made their motorcycle look like uh the speeder bike from <gasps> Return of the Jedi? Oh man. And like they, they put uh mirrored metal over the, the rims so it makes it look like it's floating because it just Oh my gosh. You know Are you kidding me? Oh, it was awesome. And they're like driving around the streets of New York and then all of a sudden there's a scene where there's a stormtrooper sitting on his. He's eating a bucket of KFC, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Jedi's go by him, and he's like, "Oh!" And he drops the KFC, and he starts chasing him. This is live. And then the next thing you know, um, an unmarked cop car is pulling him over, and so the cops literally got him all with their hands on the car, and like one of the guys starting to take his hands off. He's all, "I'll break your hand. Put your hand back on the car." Like the cop is like seriously pissed. And then all of a sudden, some guy in a stormtrooper outfit runs and jumps on the motorcycle and goes, hey, you can't catch me. And the cop is like <laughs> booking after him. It was hilarious. Rad. It was they should have had an Ewok jump on it. Remember when he does that? Oh, Return of the Jedi. That would have been good. I don't think it was planned, though. That's why I thought it was funny. I don't oh, think it was so planned. Bad. You know, that here's so the thing. Rad. I will say this. Uh, Barry in uh, the UK, he was not a big fan of Thor. They got the the release of Thor early. He was saying all kinds of bad stuff. He said it was a horrible movie. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Ragnarok doesn't look that good, man. I I totally disagree. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I don't know, man. You and I have different tastes in movie, and I, I did. Do. I I'm sorry to say this, Barry, but the thought did go through my head. Yeah, it's Barry though. I don't know if I can go along with you, Barry, on this. So, he's used to such abuse. Really? You know, it's funny. It doesn't matter what continent he's on, what church or what context, he still gets treated like Barry. I don't know what it is. So he was the whipping boy. It, it was funny when he was in our church, and Barry's rad, man. Like, Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the bomb. The thing about Welsh culture is they rib each other nonstop. And so you got to have a thick skin in Welsh culture. If you... If you're really sensitive, you're going to be like, oh, man, why'd you say that? They rib each other. It's They're witty. They're clever. It's it's just part of their culture. And uh, But we, we used to have Barry. Barry got saved in the church that we planted. He, 
uh, got discipled there and raised up and some of the guys really mentored him and befriended him. And, um, and he, all of his friends pretty much got saved at the same time, but he, he started helping out with the sound booth. And, um, whenever things would get wrong or go wrong with the sound booth, I just stop and say, everybody point at Barry right now. <laughs> the whole church would just look at Barry and point at him. And it was the best thing, man. Cause you can, you know, you can humiliate people. I'm and just teach saying, people to- I, I'm not a firm believer that I can use him as my judge for what a good movie is. But the thing to be fair, he's in the UK. They have a different sense of humor than us. Oh my gosh, dude. So things don't translate as well. Oh, so, so I'll never forget watching uh Inglorious Bastards. And I watched you, this movie. You know that's in not a UK. comedy, right? Huh? You know that's not a comedy, right? There's some funny stuff in that. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching this and literally uh Brad Pitt says something. It was probably like the I want my Nazi scalps or something like that. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, um I start laughing. Like I laugh super loud. And I was all alone in my oh, laughter. Honey, that's and it, a spicy meatball. It was embarrassing. It sounds because I mean, I was roaring, and then suddenly I'm like, nobody else is laughing in here right now. So there is clearly a cultural gap. Oh, there's a huge. That's that's part of the reason why I'm like, I don't know that I can trust Barry's opinion. It's not so much that it's Barry. Though it is because it's Barry, but it's also because of the culture difference. So I I wanted to go see it tonight, but I'm not going to. Well, I can tell our smack talk is going downhill, so let's just actually get into the topic. Okay, Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. That's my favorite. All right. So our topic today is how to be motivated. Um, like Luke, you know, you look at Luke and, uh, Luke is not motivated. And by the way, just saying, if, if you ever look to the cinema for inspiration, well, you might just consider our recent sponsor, our newest sponsor, which is Regal Cinemas. When it comes to Regal Cinemas, Regal Cinema Church is a, an important option for you and your church plant. Here's why. Because, a lot of people are looking at meeting in schools, which, hey, most adults never even darken the door of a school, right? They send their kids there, get in there, learn stuff. Or a park, right? How many people go to parks nowadays? Or community centers. But everybody goes to the movies. That's why Regal Cinema is willing to partner with church planners for a place to meet. Why? Because it's ministry and public space. And if you want to infiltrate your community, why not go where the people are? That's what Paul did, and that's probably what he'd be doing today. I'm not saying he'd for sure meet in Regal Cinema, but I'd say he would find a public place, and he would do something there. Because just like the temple in the in Jerusalem, they went there because the people were there. Regal Cinema Churches wants to help you reach people where they're at. Why don't you tell them where to go? Well, I, I had it, and then I clicked off that. I had it all prepped and ready, and then... Now it's where the stinking Jedi are. I was just looking for it. <laughs> They're like, we uh, just can't have. Peyton, thanks for the advertisement, but uh, maybe next time tell them where they can actually come to us. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Hold on. What is thy bidding, my master? Don't it is. Do that. <laughs> it is. Corporateboxoffice.com 
forward slash theater. <laughs> Let me start that over. <laughs> Dude, why does anyone sponsor this podcast? They need a better, they need a better web address. Listen to this. URL. You say this. Corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. We're British now. Yeah. (laughs) Corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater, which is R-E hyphen church. Yeah. No, that's it. Corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater church. But it's theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. So why don't you actually bust out today's topic? So today's topic is actually about getting the motivation. We mentioned about Luke Skywalker that Luke actually had lost his motivation to go kick butt on the dark side of the force. Uh, You know, you can't say that. You don't know. I do know. You don't know. Deckard is not a replicant. You don't know. But just give me this. Give it to me this time, Pete. No, come on, let me have with, this. Don't you mock my Luke Skywalker. You come up with a better example to prove your to prove your ministry point because I don't like that one. Why? Well, what's he doing? Is he just on a really long vacation? You have no I, idea. Why don't we actually wait and judge after we watch the movie? All right. Uh, so, a little wager here. Who's right? Is Peyton right or is Pete right? Has Luke lost the will to fight the dark side? I believe, and I maintain, for the sake of this podcast, the, he has, in fact. I'm serious. You start talking about my Luke that way, I'm going to get up and be done with this podcast. You know what's funny? Because I say things about your mom all the time, right? But no, I can't talk about Luke. What's I'm just that? saying, right now, Gazelle, <laughs> you... No, wait. No, wait. Mean lion. <laughs> Yeah, that one backfired. Me, lion, you, gazelle. <laughs> yeah, see, that I used the Jedi mind trick on you. You just did. So. You did. <laughs> so, so here's the deal, right? I'm but Peppa but Pig. honestly, I'm look, Peppa the topic, Pig. the topic, the topic. Right, okay, sorry. So, yeah. so, 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 church planner, sometimes you can't get motivated to actually do the things that you need to do. And that could be, gosh, you know, here's the anatomy of it. This is this is the first problem. We we had a church planner in our Bible owner circle, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm really finding it hard to get motivated on these certain things." And he had a set of strategies that that he was looking at and employing to help him get motivated. And at the end of the day, I you know I started speaking into it like, "Hey, you know, if if you have these strategies." They were more things like, I won't treat myself to this until I accomplish this. And I, I said, look, that, that's part of it. You can cut those things out of your life, but that's, that's hitting it from the negative side. But on a positive level, what is it that actually motivates us? And I think we need to talk about that for a second. And, and we can start general, but we can also talk specific. So for example, the first thing that motivates us in ministry is our calling, right? God called you to church plant. I don't think you need a specific calling to be an elder, but I think you need a calling to be a church planner. 
that's where we see the concept of calling in the scripture. Someone being called or commissioned to go out and be a missionary or what have you. But for people that, you know, just want to be an eldership, Paul doesn't say, make sure they have a strong call from the Lord. He says, check these areas of their character and then lay hands on them, put them in place. But but to plan a church, you really need that. And Lloyd-Jones used to say the one thing you and, can always fall back and, on And by the way, that's, that's the reason I can never be an elder. Why is that? Oh, because of character? No, because no one can lay hands on me. I don't want to be touched. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. And so here's the deal, right? So that's that's one motivation is your calling that I was called to this, right? When the chips are down, um, Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach a gospel. Like he realizes that's my calling. That's my purpose. It's how I'm wired. Number two, and, and this is macro I'm talking now. We're going to talk micro in a minute. But, you know, the other macro is when Paul talks about there. there's a spiritual inward compulsion, a drive for him to continue to do things that are difficult, that are hard. And he says, for the love of Christ compels us. So when Paul's standing in the marketplace in Corinth telling people about Jesus, or he's going to prison, or he's standing in the open air and people are mocking him, as it was in Athens, do you think Paul wanted to do that? But he says, the love of Christ compels me. So if I'm out of my heads, it's for their sake. You know, if I'm of a sound mind, it's for you. But either way, I have to do this, right? The love of Christ compels him. And he's he's using that word to say, I don't really have a choice. Christ's love is in me, driving me on. And so that's that's kind of the macro um of it. You know, when when you're when you're planning a church, you gotta do this. So when guys go into church planning, girls go into church planning, they're usually the macros are all good, right? But even even though sometimes, I mean, you might feel like, hey, I don't really love people right now. I don't really feel called to this right now. Um, but but the reality is, um, most of the time when when you're when you're going at it, those are good. Uh, when when those aren't good, then you're getting into trouble there. Um, then then you got to back off, and that's usually when you need sabbatical. That's usually when you got to really pull back and 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 analyze. You know, are you walking with God? Are you are you nurturing your soul? You know, it's usually a sign that something's wrong on a spiritual level. But not, you know, but but really, what I want to do is get onto the topic from a different angle, and that's the micro level, right? There are a bunch of let's let's say particularly Bivo um, church planners, right? Bivo church planners are doing difficult things um, in on the church front, and also um, they're doing things on the uh, employment front that they may not want to do. Like they may not want to get out of bed in the morning. And like you said, they may not have to go to the bathroom, you know? <laughs> so Pete, <laughs> so Pete, what, what are some of the things over the years? Cause you, uh, with that gazelle, I used to quote that to me. I used to be like, Hey man, what's up this morning? What are you doing? And you'd be like, you know, every morning, because I remember we went through a season where that would be your response. Every I don't time. even remember that. You don't? No. It's funny because when I called when I called Pete today for the podcast, I quoted it back to him because I, you know. But anyways, the, uh, you know, what what is it you do, man? Because I mean, you got to be highly motivated to to do your job. What do people do when they're like, I just don't want to do this, and you know, they feel like they've hit a wall? How do how do you get motivated again? Well, it's it's a difficult question to answer because 
there, there are clearly times that I go through where I'm not motivated to do much. Um, and I would say that's for me a majority of the time because I don't like working. Like people always think it's a joke. They're like, Oh yeah. Ha ha ha. ha. Pete doesn't like working. Ha ha ha. ha. No, I really don't. And <laughs> I don't really work that much. Yeah. I happen to be pretty blessed right now and, and making pretty good money right now, but I don't, I don't necessarily work that hard for it. What I would say for myself, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that what I can't focus on, I'll start with that. I can't focus on the money. I can't focus on the outcome. Uh, so like if I were a church planner, I wouldn't be focused on the outcome. Oh, look, we, you know, crossed the 50 person barrier. Oh, look, we crossed the hundred person barrier. Because it's kind of ambiguous when you're like focusing on that outcome. So in business, what I've learned to do is I, I focus on the activity. What do I know I need to be doing right now today and just get it done. And because I focus on those activities, everything else comes in and, and takes, takes part. Like for me in business, it's, you know, getting the next client, it's getting the next commission check. You know, I was showing you right before we went on the podcast, um, uh, a check that I'll probably get paid. I, I would say at least ten thousand, but probably closer to thirteen thousand for literally driving out. You know, a half hour, forty minutes, and picking it up. And it it took me a lot to go do that because it's like that opportunity has been there for me for the last few months. I just wasn't motivated. Like right. most people go, Oh, you're going to make, you know, 12, 13 grand. You'd be motivated. I wasn't motivated. I didn't need the money. So it was like the reason why I went out and finally did it. It was like, okay, I just got to focus on the activity again, pull it back to the activity. What's the activity? Well, the activity is I got this client over here who needs some help. I just need to take care of them. And the fact that I'll make money out of it is cool. But for me, that's what it comes down to is I just have to focus on the activity. Right. Just stop worrying about everything else. Stop worrying about the outcome. Just focus on the activity. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense, man. No, it does. It does. Well, let me let me pull back a little bit um, deeper and ask you: When you say you know focus on the activity, do you do you mean like you start from? Um, you mean like a, a small activity, or do you do you break it down into you know minor tasks that add up? Like if it's get client, do you have like? Is it like I have a client getting system right? Right. So let's say it's uh, I'll give you a great example. So right now I'm doing a push because I'm going to take another group of bivocational pastors through my full blown consulting program, which you can find all about it bivowebinar.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. I actually know how to do a webinar URL, bivowebinar.com. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's amazing we ever get sponsors for this crazy show. I can't believe you said that. And you gave me a hard time a couple weeks ago. We're going, blah, 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 blah. Dude, I didn't do that in the middle of the commercial. That was you. I was tired. It was afternoon podcast again. I know. I know. We're just not as good in the afternoon. We, we, we've lost our rhythm. So, um, so th that was like, okay, the outcome is 
I want to have another group of five guys come through there. Well, what do I got to do to get five guys through there? Well, I already have my webinar. I already have my funnel, you know, my, my funnel built that sends people the reminders for the webinar. If they don't sign up for a phone call with me afterwards, it sends them the reminders why they want to sign up for a phone call. I mean, I got everything built. So mm. for me, it was like, okay, I want five guys through. What do I need to, what's the activity I got to get done today? Well, the activity I got to get done today is I have to get my Facebook ad up and running. And like, that's it. Okay. So then today, my job, get Facebook ad up and running. That's so let it. Let me ask you this. Do you forward plan that or do you wake up on the day and say, that's what I want to do? Do I strike you as someone who forward plans anything in his life? Nope. (laughs) You and I are night and day. I am not a forward planner. I am a, what do I got to get done today? Well, I want five guys coming through. Guess I better run some Facebook ads. Well, and that brings up a good point. You know, when I was coaching on the, on the Bible Inner, I, I just mentioned the golden rule is know thyself. So what works for me may not work for them. Oh, see, I think you hit on something right there. Completely true. You, like all these guys, you got like five ways to, you know, do whatever you have to take into account. I, I call it, um, Man, what I can't even remember what I call it now. <laughs> Playing to your strengths. That's what it is, man. Right. Playing to your strengths. So as an example, when it comes to uh, getting clients, you got to play to your strengths. So I know for those of you who don't understand what I do, I, I do consulting for businesses and I train pastors how to do consulting for businesses. Right. So when I need to go get a client, I know I got some weaknesses and I got some strengths. One of the big, overwhelming, massive weaknesses in my personal life, I hate cold calling. I won't even call on a referral. Like, I won't do outbound calls. Right. So that's a massive, like, hole in my sales career because I won't do it. Right. I got to get people to call me. So... I have to play to my strengths. Well, what are my right. strengths? I can go to a BNI meeting. I can go to a chamber meeting. Those are uh, business organizations whose sole purpose is for its members to be able to get business from other members, other referrals, things like that. So I will go there because everyone is there for the same reason. Everyone wants more business, and I know I can give them more business. But I don't go there going, Hey, I'm looking for a client. I go there with the intent. I'm just going to meet people, which you know me. I don't like meeting people. So that is a stretch outside of my comfort zone. Right. I have to actually go meet people because for me to get to where it is I want to go in life, I have to do things that are uncomfortable for me. Right. right. Same thing with church planning. There's a lot of things. Eventually that are, you'll have to hug them. I'm just saying I don't hug clients. I did hug my client today. Whoa! Yeah, but it's a woman. It's well, okay. for thirteen thousand dollars, I side hug. <laughs> I'm just saying, Petey's a hugger. Well, side hug. They don't call no, me hug a bear for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you, you mentioned this. This is really important. Playing to your strengths, because, like, for example, like we got Ruben, right? Ruben Young, um, church planner, San Pedro, and like I would tell Ruben, "Hey, do you got your bank account set up yet?" And he'd be like, "No, man." And I'd be like, why not? And he's like, cause I don't want to do it. 
And 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 <laughs> I'd be like, by the way, that's the most honest answer ever. That's awesome. That is the answer. By the way, this is the answer. I I used to meet with a guy. He was a coach. Um, if any of you guys have, um, uh, he was a free coach for me. He charged a lot of money. Everyone else, but he he'd met with me because. I was serving um, through the word.org and we formed a friendship and he was one of the original founders. You, you know him, Ryan Farrar. And uh, Ryan was like, Hey, you know, um, you know, let me meet with you, help you um, get on your way, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, okay. And uh, I didn't really, at that point, I wasn't really trying to go anywhere, but he, he, the most brilliant thing he ever said to me was he said, look, um, you, you avoid the things that you don't want to do. He goes, cause he would ask me, what are your biggest obstacles? Why aren't they done? And I'd say, well, because my, and he go, no, 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 no. You don't want to do them. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. You don't want to do them. That's why these things aren't done. If you enjoy doing those things, they'd be done already. And I was like, huh, you kind of right on that. So anyways, so he had this whole system worked out that he had done where that helps people identify the things they don't want to do, blah, 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 blah. And man, it was awesome. And I, I learned like I can actually go through my life and, and he used to say, you need to leverage this stuff, Peyton. So guys like, think about it. You're a church planner. You're going to be leading a team. Did you hear the word team there? Like, how are you thinking that you're going to do you know, 501c3 packets and start a church. 50, you know, uh, you know, IRS, com, you know, tax. I know this is heading into our next commercial, simplifychurch.com, right? Like there's, blah, 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 there's blah, a company blah, blah, right blah. there. I'm not ending the podcast. I'm blah, just blah, saying, blah, like, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. We'll do it early today, but simplifychurch.com. That's, I, I learned early on, like I need to leverage all this crap. So I leveraged all that for Refuge Long Beach. And said, will you guys do this? And then at the time for new breed. Um, and, and I was like, look, you know, I, I need you guys to run our books because I'm just not going to do this. I don't want to do this. And so I would tell Ruben, I'd be like, man, you just need, I go, what about this person in your church? What about this person? And I'd walk through and say, you need to have this person do all that for you. You should just be calling them up once a week. How's it going? Did everything get done? If not, can I help you in any way? Is there anything you need from me? Boom. Leverage. Yeah, you are definitely really good at leverage. Oh, yeah. Because I'm amazed (laughs) at how little you know how to actually do when it comes to the stuff that you and I do together. Right. But you have leveraged me (laughs) to do it all. (laughs) You're like, what if we do this? And I just look at you like, are you out your mind? I got to do all that? No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It it is funny because sometimes there'll be a hollow sound on the end of the phone. Because uh, ideas abound. Talk is cheap. What I have said, what I have learned to say to Peyton Jones is, that's a great idea. I think you should do it. Let me know how it works out. And then he goes, well, do you want to do it with me? <laughs> and what I really mean is, do you, you want to do, do it? that for me? <laughs> but, but guys, learn from me. No, I'm teasing. But, no, but, but seriously, honestly, yes. With the delegation, you're great at yeah. that. Yeah, but but honestly, there's there are things that take me forever, and sometimes there is literally no way to avoid it. There are times where you, it's not for lack of trying, right? Somebody's going to finally say no, or everyone around you is going to be maxed out, and you know it, and you have to put your head down. Now, obviously, you can hire simplifychurch.com, 
right? That I just had to say it again. Of course. But, but really, to be honest, um, there are times you got to do it. And so here's what I've learned. I, I've learned how I operate. If I, this is how I used to do my calendar. And th- this is where like Pete and I would not line up, but this is like my secret sauce. So let me tell you guys how I do. And I even have in, in jump school, when we did the online curriculum, I had a, an entire section of a chapter called stupid stuff. I hate where I deal with this. And I say, look, if you're going to plan a church, you got to have a work ethic. Like you have to be able to juggle things and you have to be willing to work. You don't have to work outside of your wheelhouse. In fact, that would be stupid, but you have to be able to manage certain things and keep an eye on and spin plates. And that's just delegate. You know, that's all important stuff. It's part of leadership, but here's the deal. Sometimes you just can't get around it. And so when we're talking about the difference between Pete and I, the way that I would tackle that is different than how Pete and Pete, you can speak into how you overcome it when you're just like, I just know I got to go hug that person, you know, whatever it is. I just know I got to go do that thing. I don't want to do. Well, one, by the way, one of the coolest books I ever read, and it's hard to believe it's 13 years old already. Cause I remember it. It's like it came out yesterday and it was a book by Alistair Begg and Derek Prime. And it was called on being a pastor, understanding our calling and work. And they basically talk about how they, how they get stuff done. How do they handle this? How do they juggle this? Mm. And the two of them are so different. Derek Prime is extremely organized. Alistair begs all over the place and they each write a section under every heading. And Derek Prime was Alistair Begg's mentor. Um, if you lived in the UK, you would know that name. But here, it, you know, a lot of people don't know unless you're hyper-reformed. And then Alistair Begg, um, he writes afterwards. He's always like, oh, my gosh, you know, I I so wish I were wired like Derek was. You know, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm a mess. Let me just tell you. But he still makes it work. He's yeah. Alistair freaking Begg, right? Like, it, God still uses him. He wired him a certain way. Praise God. Uh, the Alistair Begg is Alistair Begg. Um, but you know, that, that's it. So, um, I'll share my way. Um, if you want to go first, Pete, you can. What, how do you just plow through that stuff that you got to do that you don't want to do? I think part of what I do is I realize I define reality for myself. All right. So what I mean by that is I have to be honest with myself about What's real and what's not real? Meaning, I, I, I got to figure out how do I explain this, man? Okay. Some people I, will. I come think up, I already get you. I think I know what you, where you're coming good, from. Good. Maybe you can explain it to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but some people have like a, be, a, a belief system when they look, like I was talking with uh, my buddy earlier today about one of the guys in the Bivo inner circle, won't mention any names. And I go, I go, I got to be honest with you, man. The biggest problem with him is the problems that are in his head. Like he's looking around and, and he's looking at everything going, Oh, there's yeah. a problem over here. There's a problem over there. And you know, one of the guys was like, Oh, you know, it takes forever to find a client who will pay you a thousand dollars a month. And, and you know, this guy over here is saying something else. And I'm like, dude, the problem is in their head. Those are not real problems. They're, they're totally in that dude's head. Yep. yep. And he's got to like m- realize. That's in me. It's not the reality of the situation. And I think for myself, I've just gotten really good at defining reality and realizing yeah. what is in my head and what is like an actual obstacle. And so 
the things that are in my head, I got to just own up to it and go, look, I don't want to do that. So either find a way to not do it, get someone else to do it like you, leverage someone else or whatever, or bite the bullet, get the stupid thing done and move on to the next thing. That's it. And and it's I know like a lot of people are like, oh, but when I do, it's going to take forever. Yeah, it's either going to take a long time or it's going to take never. Because if if you're in that situation where you're backed into a corner and that's just life sometimes, you know, like you just got to do stupid stuff sometimes. And, you know, for for some people are driven you by know, consequences. Let me, let that's me, why they work up the deadlines. Let me expand on something that you just said. So, yeah. One of the problems in business, people will live in the world of potential and they'll be like, I got all this potential. So a great example is this. As a financial planner, when I was doing that, we do these seminars. We'd have all these people come through and we knew that we made on average, you know, about $14,000 per client. And so we had a big whiteboard and we'd have everyone's name on there and we'd be like, oh yeah, there's all this potential here, but we did nothing to move the potential forward. We weren't actively following up with those people. It was like, oh, they came. They loved what we had to say. You know, we'll get around to calling them. And we weren't taking the steps because it was easier and it felt better to live in the world of potential. Oh, look, we got 10 guys on there. If we make 14000 each, then that means we got $140,000 of potential on the board. And when you actually confront those people and find out, hey, maybe they're not going to move it, well, then I got to take them off the list. That's not real. Yeah. Like you can live in this world of make believe of, yep. I got all this, and it's easier to live in that world, but it's not a real world. You have totally. to just bite the bullet and go find out. Dude, and I, I absolutely think what you're talking about is true of church plants because I think that to a certain degree, that potential drives people to keep going forward when times are rough. But like you said, it can be a substitute for actually taking action. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, like like you could keep reading the books about these guys whose churches explode. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking one day for yeah. me. Yeah. But you're not doing any of the stuff that that guy did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that guy worked his butt. I've seen guys whose churches explode. And they're pretty driven dudes. I've been, I've worked up close with a lot of high yeah. capacity leaders and they're, they're on it and they're focused. Uh, like I tried to say the other day on through the word when I was recording in Proverbs and I tried to say they're like fat Albert on an ice cream truck, but that didn't fly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're after it, man. But you know, it, it's funny because for me, and and I think the other thing too, you said living out of your head, um, or living in your head. I think the other thing is, and th this is what I've noticed is for me, that principle works because, um, or I find it at work when I'm procrastinating because I think something is going to be a lot harder than it actually is. I built it up to be this impossible, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, mm. you know, a, a mental mountain. And then I, I, I start to climb it and I go, Oh, I'm over this already. Oh, okay, cool. And, and so when you said that, like, I've just learned, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I have that same issue, same exact issue. And, um, you know, so, so here's, here's the secret, right? The secret to starting anything is to start, right? I didn't make that up. That's probably an anonymous quote, but it's a true one. The secret 
to writing a book is to pin the first word. Mm. The secret to painting a masterpiece is to make the first brushstroke. And as stupid as that sounds, the reason why is 50% of the battle is battling procrastination. You got to get through the procrastination. So here's what I do. It's kind of like when in church planning, you set your launch date. And I always counsel people, do not move it. Set it in stone. Because I watch guys push their launch date back because of the same thing. They're scared. The closer it gets, the more scared they get. And if you tell a guy, you cannot move that date, hell or high water, then people start getting busy, right? And and that's how I coach them. You're not moving that date. You're keeping it. And you're going to do it because, you know, six months from now, life ain't going to be any easier. And you ain't going to be any more motivated than you are now. Don't run from it right now. Go after it. And so here's here's the deal. Oh, no, gonna I was just going to say something that, that that's actually something that we talk about a lot in sales. You know, we use the example of uh, when do people get most amount of stuff done? It's when they're about ready to leave to go on vacation. Why? Because they're going to be gone. And all of a sudden they start getting everything done. And so the importance of having those deadlines and just being like, OK, this is what I got to get done. I got to get it done by that point. And that's all there is to it. And you just do it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because for me, the way it works is I can't wake up on a morning and go, I'm going to do this because I will always, this is what I do. I work out of my calendar. Like my calendar is my life. And this is how I used to manage it. I used to manage it where I get a billion emails a day, like everyone. And I would take those tasks and whatever info I needed and dump it in my calendar. And then I would create all these tasks in my calendar. Now I know there's task management software, but I would just do it in my calendar because that I'm like, I just want one thing and I'll do it. I think in time. So I'll think how much time will that take me? And then, um, it was a terrible system. So what would happen is I might have 10 or 20 tasks on a day and it was like playing Tetris with my schedule, like chunk, 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 chunk. Okay, I've gotten those done. And I felt really good if I got ones that I kept moving, you know, back. Cause what would happen is I come to my date and I have 10 or 20 things and I do all the ones I like. And I knew the psychology. I'm doing the stuff I want to do. And I'm putting off the stuff that overwhelms me or scares me or I don't like. So what I started doing, because I, I got to know how I work. Like, for example, um, writing a book, no one really believes it kind of like you said you live in the fantasy of the potential i'm gonna write a book one day right but you don't write that book because you never set aside the time to do it but you live in that potential so for me i knew unless i get away and literally like take a sabbatical i'm not gonna write my book once i wrote my first book i knew how to do it i'm like okay i can write a book but what i started learning about myself was in order to to actually do an impossible task, something I wasn't motivated for at all, but I knew it had to get done, I would block out a huge chunk of time on my calendar. Like, for example, just recently, I did this. I blocked out a huge chunk of time on my calendar for writing a business plan. Now, I didn't get as far as I wanted, but I blocked out almost a whole day. I researched business plans that day, I downloaded samples of business plans and I started a rough draft of it. And, you know, you need this stuff. I'm working on a, a big project, a bivocational training center. 
And as I'm working on that, it, it, you know, everybody's talking. I'm talking to guys that are like CEOs of major corporations that I've been put in touch with. And I'm like, and they're all talking to me. Hey, do you got a business plan? You know, you, you need one. Um, for, for guys like me, you're going to talk to more guys like me. And so that, that became kind of like a big deal. So, but I was putting it off. So finally I forward plan. And by the way, going back to my calendar, what I do is I, I will forward plan my calendar months in advance, right? So I know that coming up, like I'm just going to randomly pull out like, <clears throat> um, couple months ahead here. Um, I know that coming up into November, I've got, um, gosh, I've got on the week of December 5th, I've got a new book that I need to work on for North American Mission Board to do a church planning. I know what blogs I've got. I know when I'm working on course upgrades for multiply training. Like I've got all that in my schedule. And then I've got places where I've got available meeting times. I forward plan my meeting chunks. So when people say, can you get, no, I have meeting times at this time. You know, if you can't make it this week, there's next week. I have admin and forward planning blocks in there and I have to do that. And what happens is when I used to manage my calendar by playing Tetris and trying to get tasks done, the tasks always added up faster and I could take them off and my calendar got backed up and now like, and, and I would leave work like stressed and I'd need this decompression tank, you know, when I left work, like, cause you, you if you're kind of anal retentive, you, you, you don't feel like, you don't feel satisfaction. Cause you still, even if you got your calendar down to zero on that day and did all those tasks, you look at the next day and went, well, there's a whole nother day of crap I hate that I got to right. do tomorrow, but needs to get done. Right. And I've since learned. This way, I know when my admin is going to be, and it's it's just rad. And so, when when I get a new task, I may not get to it for a month. It might be something that is really really nasty, but I go okay. I know where that goes. I have blocks of time that will go in this block one month from now, and I will spend four hours on that, and I will not come up for air until that is done. And that's how I've made it work. You know. I dig it, man. I dig it. And by the way, I listen to people that motivate me. I listen, Find the people that motivate you and listen to them, and that will help you as well. I listen to Pete Mitchell personally. I have the uh, the world's greatest motivational clip, which I'm going to play after you do our sign-off. And I'm going to warn you guys right now. It's a long one, but it's literally <laughs> the greatest motivational clip ever. Coffee is for closers. Oh, All right, guys. No, that would be a good one. Oh, hey, hey, hey. We we want to thank you today for joining us. Hopefully, this has helped you. Hopefully, it's motivated you. There's a lot more to say. It is a big topic. But hopefully, it's gotten your juices flowing and gotten you thinking a little bit. Well, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. I believe desire and will to win is everything. I don't know why I'm like I am, but my butt's always burning. There's always something say, Art, dadgummit, you're supposed to go for it. Art, dadgummit, you're supposed to be somebody. You're supposed to make a difference with your life. What does the $500,000 a year person do? The $50,000 a year person doesn't do. 
You look at the outside and study those two individuals, everything seems to be the same. They both are the same sex, they both are the same age, they have the same training, the same positions, the same contract, the same fringe benefits. They both are successful, they work hard, they're good family people, make tough commitments. But what's the difference? What does the $500,000 a year person do The $50,000 a year person doesn't do? He pays the price and a little bit more. He works hard and a little bit more. He's loyal to the company and a little bit more. He believes in a little bit more. He makes money and a little bit more. He saves money and a little bit more. If you want to win in these United States, you've got to be tough and you can't quit. The last thing I'll talk to you about today in building this winning edge is, folks, if you want to win in business, you've got to be a leader. Leadership is everything. You show me anything in these United States that win, I'll show you a leader at work. You show me a successful church, Boy Scout troop, club, football team, business, I'll show you something uh, run by a leader. See, see I, I thought at one time in my life you had to be smart to win. I used to have these smart people that dress so pretty and talk so pretty and use these big words. They just intimidated me. And I said, Arch, you can't ever be that good. Why don't you just throw in the towel and go on back and coach football for a living? And I found two things out about smart people. I think it's almost impossible for a smart person to win in business in America today. Because I find smart people spend their whole lifetime figuring things out. They're always trying to figure out an easier way and a quicker way. And another thing I found out about smart people is they just don't get around to doing nothing. And see, somebody like Art Williams, everybody says, well, he can't do it. And somebody like that can't do it. But he does it. See, folks, I want you to know almost everybody in America almost does enough to win. They almost get there. They almost are over the hump. They almost have it going. They almost in everything they do almost is a way of life to almost everybody in America. But the winners do it. What do they do? They do whatever it takes to get the job done. They do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. And then they talk about how great it is to be somebody they're proud of. We need leaders in America who can do it. If you want to become somebody, do it. If you want to go in business for yourself, do it. If you want to become financially independent, do it. I hear too much talk in these United States. Everybody can talk a good game. We need people in America who can do it. I go all over this country with A.O. Williams and I have people say, Art, you, you can count on me. Wonderful. Just do it. Art, I guarantee you this is my last stop. I'm going to win now. Super duper. Just do it. Art, if I could just have one good month and get the ball going, I know I could make it big. Super. Just do it. Art, if I could just pay off this debt, I could really go. Great. Just do it. Art, if I could just sell my house. Do it. Uh, but houses ain't selling. Do it anyway. Uh, Art, I'm not making any money. What can I do? Y you just do it. Uh, do what, Art? You do it and do it and do it. Uh, Art, I guarantee I'm going to win this contest. Super duper. Just do it. Uh, Art, I'm over the hump now. Watch my smoke. Great. Just do it. Uh, Art, I want to make it so bad I can taste it. What I do? Y you just do it. Art, I'm a vice president now. Can I quit doing it? No. Art, I don't know if I can keep on keeping on. I'm really hurting what I do. You just do it. Do what, Art? You do it and do it and do it. Art, all my life I wanted to be somebody important. 
Well, what do it then? All right, I'm going to save money so I don't have to go through this again. Great. Just do it. All right, I don't feel like I've had enough training. What I do? You just do it. All right, my manager don't give me no help. What I do? You just do it. Oh, Arch, you don't understand. I was Mr. Everything at my former company. You don't mean I, I have to start off down at the bottom and do it, do you? Yep, you really got to do it. Arch, Arch, what's the primary difference between winners and losers? The, win the winners do it. They do it and do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. And then they talk about how great it is to finally have achieved something unique. And how glad they are that they didn't quit like everybody else. And how wonderful it is to finally be somebody they're proud of and make a difference with their life. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church